We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Let's consider the secret life of the innermost nesting doll. Living most of her life in the dark inside the other nesting dolls, she has plenty of time to think, if she could. Sadly, she has no brain. However... When an innermost nesting doll hears that Geico not only saves people money, but also has been providing great service for over 75 years, she thinks it's obvious you should switch. Because yes, switching to Geico is a no-brainer. Pity the innermost nesting doll and her lot in life. Welcome to the November 12th, 2018 edition of the Fantasy Football Report, a Rotoviz radio news show covering the serious and mocking the ridiculous NFL news of the last week, brought to you by MyBookie. I'm Blair Andrews, you can follow me on Twitter at AmITheRealBlair, and my co-host is Hassan Rahim, who you can follow at HRR5010. Hassan, how's it going? Uh, it's going fantastic, Blair. It's hard to imagine that we're like so far uh, into the season, but... Uh... I finally realized it's like week 10, we're getting into week 11. It's uh, getting really, really cold out, which is the only way I know. <laughs> How was your day? Uh, my day could have gone a lot better. Um, yeah, you know, one of those weeks when uh, nothing seems to be going exactly right. But uh, yeah, the season is flying by. You probably know by now if your teams are in the playoffs and uh, maybe you've tuned out already, but for those of you who haven't, we're uh, you know excited to be discussing the news this week. Uh, we have a really special guest joining us today on the show is Matt Jones. Matt is a DFS contributor to Rotoviz and hosts the On the Daily podcasts on Rotoviz Radio. Additionally, Matt is a PGA analyst for DraftKings and Rotoviz. You can follow him on Twitter at Matt Jones TFR. Matt, thanks for joining us. How's it going? It's going good. I mean, my uh, my DFS lineups would say otherwise, but other than that, <laughs> it's. Uh, it's you know we're we're getting into the the real meat of the season now we know what's going on so uh, yeah I'm excited to uh, excited to be on with you guys 
Absolutely. Uh, yeah, let's jump right in. First news item, Marcus Mariota completed 16 of 24 passes for 228 yards and two touchdowns in the Titans' Week 10 win over the Patriots. So, Matt, this looked like the Titans' offense fantasy players were expecting coming into the season. Corey Davis had finally had kind of a breakout performance. John Smith caught a touchdown. Derrick Henry scored two additional touchdowns. Uh, so what are your expectations for this offense over the next week and the rest of the season? Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's amazing to watch them today and think about, like, I don't know, how they've looked, whether it's, like, the London game, just thinking about that, like, the Island game and how they look just terrible and they just seem like they want to run, like, as many plays as they possibly can and just never score a touchdown. Um but yeah, I mean, this is this is what we were hoping for when we uh, saw all the, the coaching staff there. So uh, I'm hoping that this is a sign of things to come. Um, I'm a big Corey Davis guy uh, and John U. Smith uh, showed some signs of life finally. Um, it, it seems I was just looking at the streaming app. And it, it seems like the uh, the the schedule the rest of the way is not necessarily the most giving for for fantasy points, but um I think that's sort of factoring in how poorly they've looked recently. So I, I'm I'm pretty optimistic about them the rest of the season. Uh, yeah, I agree with you on that one, uh, Matt. Because when you're looking at the Bilo machine, the uh, Bilo machine for the next month or the next four games gives like both the Tennessee quarterback and the Tennessee wide receiver group the softest schedule uh, in the you know in the entire NFL, which is pretty nice. Uh, they were, you know, they proved that they're able to be pretty good especially against uh, a team like new england I, th- I don't think it was a huge day for mariota it was kind of efficient it was same with like Corey davis my question for you uh is um the split between Dion lewis and derrick henry is that something that uh, Dion lewis uh you know guys who have Dion lewis on his roster should be afraid of going forward or is this kind of a bit of a blip in terms of uh, getting vulture twice on the goal line like that with henry um yeah i mean i think it's it's one of those things where when there's there's two guys that are going to be used, you kind of have to expect that to a certain extent. Like Deion Lewis still saw the bulk of the work. He had almost twice as many carries as Henry today. Um, and obviously the, uh, you know, the passing game usage is somewhat there. He only saw two targets. You'd hope that he would see a little bit more than that uh, moving forward. But I I would still be betting on Deion Lewis. Um, he seems more uh, you know more game script proof than than Derrick Henry has proved to be so far. Now I know that uh, Hassan has kind of been souring on Corey Davis over the last several weeks uh, over the course of the season. I don't know if this game changed his mind, but what do you kind of expect from him going for for the rest of the season? I mean, he was a prospect that was you know really high on a lot of rotoviz analysts list uh someone with just insane market share numbers coming out of college who i think a lot of people really liked fifth overall pick obviously hasn't quite lived up to that so do you think that this week is kind of a turning around point for him or it will uh i don't know what are you expecting yeah no i i would hope so i'm i'm definitely in on him anytime you're getting uh you know a wide receiver with that type of volume whether it's you know a, a cheap DFS guy or a guy you can get um, at a reasonable price in season long, I think you you want to sort of hitch your wagon to that guy. And Corey Davis has seen the volume and is finally seeing the production. Um, so I would I would imagine that that will continue um, just because 
it, it, I would like, I always bet on volume. So I, I'm going to hope that it works out that way. Yeah. And I know you're one of our DFS writers. So I just wanted to bring this up next week. Uh, Tennessee are on the road at Indianapolis. Um, out of curiosity, uh, you think that's going to be, um, I mean, we, I don't have a line here and uh, salaries aren't released yet, but like, I was curious, is that's like a game, something that you'd be targeting uh, from a DFS perspective or something you'd be looking into when you start your research? Um, yeah, it's definitely something I'll look into. I, I think it'll be interesting to see where they actually um, end up pricing Davis because we know that the the DK algorithm sort of spits out based on uh, prior production. And what was he, 4,500 today, I think. Um, so I would imagine that he would, uh, he would see a pretty steep jump in price. Um, and then it sort of depends on how ownership shakes out. If, uh, if he's somebody that's going to be worth playing, but he's, uh, he's definitely always on the radar because of the volume. He's uh, yeah, just 5,600 on DraftKings next week. Interesting. That's usually a weird range. So I, I I'm curious to see as the week progresses sort of where ownership lands, um, do you agree, Zan? Like, usually that's kind of like a weird zone for wide receivers. No, I'm with you. I think uh, I think the one thing is that, like, uh, we're getting to a point with, uh, in DFS especially, where you're getting really uh, optimal all lineups that you got to find that, like, low-owned guy to really uh, sort of smash, especially if you're a GPP player. And it kind of helps a little bit in cash to avoid bad chalk. Um, from a perspective of where I think Corey Davis is, I think uh, this was something that I, we've mentioned a, a while ago, was this is a, the stretch of games that you really want to see something from Corey Davis, and it's not just hype. Like He's had the one big game against Philadelphia in week four, and he's been completely non-existent. Um, the week before, like last week, uh, there was a report that came out saying that uh, the Titans were considering trading a uh, their first rounder for Amari Cooper. Uh, so, you know, that also shows that they also considered that maybe Davis is not all that. So there's a lot going here that I think Davis kind of needs to prove. He's this is a very strong first step, and uh, and I agree with Matt. Like, there's you know I want to start seeing uh, a how ownership shakes out and b sort of what my lineups look like. But 5600 is a pretty steep increase over where he was today, especially with how tight the pricing has been in, of late. Yeah, I want to ask one question about one other guy. Uh, John U. Smith is someone I spent a lot of money on at the beginning of the um, the beginning of the season after Delaney Walker got hurt, and basically until the last two weeks, he's done nothing, and now caught a touchdown in two consecutive weeks. So, uh, is he another person that you think will be able to continue this production for the rest of the season? Um, yeah, I mean. The three targets is a is a little on the concerning side. Um, obviously, you like to see him find the end zone, and tight end is just like disgustingly gross every single week. So you kind of have to take what you can get. But um, I, I would like to be able to bet on his talent. Like I know we talked about it uh, once on on the daily when uh, when Delaney Walker went down, and we just assumed he would be like. You know, you know, the the $5,500 tight end for the rest of the year, just like seeing a ton of volume and doing everything that Delaney Walker was doing. And that clearly hadn't been the case. Um, so hopefully his role keeps growing and uh, and we can get some value back on him because he's definitely uh, an athletic guy who should be producing a lot more. Yeah, John is actually for next week. He's priced at twenty seven hundred on DK. Um, just along with guys like Joff Swaim, a uh, hundred dollars below 
Vernon Davis and 200 below Ricky Seals Jones. I know this is probably far too early in the week, but he might make a pretty appealing punt option. Yeah, that sounds like a cash play to me. <laughs> yeah. David Johnson rushed 21 times for 98 yards and a touchdown. He also caught seven of his nine targets for 85 yards and a touchdown. Mm. Matt, this was uh, easily David Johnson's best game of the year and was reminiscent of a uh, vintage David Johnson performance. Should we be treating David Johnson as a locked-in RB1 for the rest of the season? Yeah, I mean, like only Mike McCoy could ruin David Johnson, right? Like, how do you, how do you not just just force feed him the ball in every way that you possibly can. Um, I would, I would go as far as to say, I would put like Gurley ahead of him, maybe Kamara. And I would say he's probably like my RB three for the rest of the fantasy season through the playoffs. Yeah, that's uh that's a tough call ranking the running backs, you know, rest of season. I mean, Saquon obviously has been getting a ton of targets and uh, is playing in, you know, Almost as bad an offense, but at least with Arizona, you have some signs that they're kind of improving, yeah. Um, which is, yeah, definitely good for Johnson. Um, I mean, I think a lot depends on what Le'Veon Bell is going to do, because James Conner is obviously up there in terms of the usage he's getting. But uh, yeah, that would be tough to kind of rank these top running backs. I mean, I think with this performance, nine targets... You definitely see Johnson moving back into that elite range. And, uh, yeah, I mean, if you're too slow kind of getting on board with this, then you're going to be passed by pretty quickly. So, yeah, I would agree. Yeah, and I'm with you. I'm with both of you. I mean, just the kind of usage that he sees, he dominates the work in that backfield. Uh, Actually, in my uh, NFC rest of season rankings, uh, the rank that I assigned uh, David Johnson was I ranked him in tier 1B by himself. He was uh, – uh, so the way I set the tiers up was uh, the tier above tier 1, which is Todd Gurley by himself. Then you got the uh, quote-unquote script independent workhorses who are Kamara, Barkley, McCaffrey, Elliott. And then I had script independent workhorses hampered by their own bad offense. And it was just David Johnson by himself. And uh, I kind of compared and contrasted using the AYA app, uh, using what his 2016 distribution looked like versus what his 2018 distribution looked like. And when this offense was, you know, largely captained by Mike McCoy, it was just uh, endless sadness. Uh, it was just terrible. So it's pretty exciting uh, that uh, Leftwich is looking to get him into space and, you know, get those mismatches that we what we want. Um Matt, uh, this is a guy who kind of caught my eye, and I'm actually looking at pricing right now. Uh, David Johnson is priced as the sixth most expensive running back on uh, DraftKings uh, at 7,500, and uh, Arizona are at home uh, with uh, against Oakland. Um, just uh, out of curiosity, where do you think uh, would that make him like very much viable in your pool, or uh, you just? I mean, because I mean, clearly DraftKings took notice on. Uh, with what's happening with this elite usage that he's receiving. Yeah, I mean that that sounds like the the perfect game for a guy like this, right? Like if they're going to if they're going to use him in the passing game to get ahead on just like uh an like absolutely atrocious Oakland team and then they're just going to run him into the ground to uh to preserve that lead, then I think that that would definitely be somebody that I would be interested in for uh for pretty much any format. All right, before we get into No Shit Shit Now, here's a quick reminder that you can support the Rotoviz Radio Network and our 10 shows per week on Patreon. 
By doing so, you'll gain exclusive access to Rotoviz Live, our weekly Sunday morning video show answering all your fantasy questions. Patronships start at just $6 a month and provide exclusive access to Rotoviz Live. That's four shows per month on top of 40 podcasts for just $6. Become a Rotoviz Radio patron today to join an exclusive community of listeners, access premium content, and do your part in helping the network to grow and continue to produce high-quality industry-leading programming. Uh, and actually, Hassan, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, you were on Rotoviz Live this morning, so uh, you can give the listeners kind of a taste of what uh, to expect on that. Yeah, uh, actually, it was actually pretty fun. Uh, Coleman and I were on it, and we had a chance to like actually chat a little bit about like uh, you know usual NFL stuff, a little bit of macro level strategy. We gave some DFS punt plays, some DFS information, start set advice in terms of how we you know think about it. We were answering questions. We were y- utilizing all the tools just to make the best informed decision uh, as we can and uh, walk some of the listeners through our thought process, which I think uh, is actually pretty important. So that way, you know, when it, when we're getting calls wrong, you can understand, or at least I understand where I went wrong in terms of who to sit or start. And so it's actually kind of cool uh, way to interact. And plus, it's like more like collegial, you know, like it's more like a conversation with some friends. It's actually pretty cool. Definitely. Yeah, you definitely want to check that out. Good way to really interact with the Rotoviz writers and podcasters that you're reading and listening to all week. So yeah, and I mean, for just $6 a month, got to take advantage of that. Even if the season's already, (laughs) well, if you're still in the playoff hunt, then now is the time to really get the, the best advice. Yeah, and uh, for what it's worth, if you're still, uh, you know, as a loyal podcast listener, you can actually get 30% off of a Rotoviz NFL Pass right now. It's available through the NFL Podcast homepage, rotaviz.com slash podcast. You gain un- unlimited access to all of our NFL content and our tools. You get amazing value, support the pod. And uh, once again, that's rotaviz.com slash podcast. All right, now let's get into no shit shit. No, first item, Mark Ingram rushed 13 times for 104 yards while catching three passes for 58 yards and a touchdown in Sunday's Week 10 win over the Bengals. It's no shit. I mean, it's the whole like Saints backfield is just like you you have to be able to expect a performance like this. Maybe the 58 yards was a bit much, but uh, it's definitely something that's in the range of possibilities for me. So, yeah. Tom Brady completed 21 of 41 passes for 254 scoreless yards in the Patriots' Week 10 loss to the Titans. Shit, no. Like, this was supposed to be just, like, an absolute boat race. Like, Brady was supposed to throw for four touchdowns, according to all my DFS lineups, uh, and he certainly did not. So, I didn't see it coming. I don't really see it happening again. Um, Yeah, it was uh, was an interesting day uh, to watch that game. Eric Ebron hauled in all three of his targets for 69 yards and two touchdowns and rushed once for a two-yard touchdown in the Colts' Week 10 win over the Jaguars. Yeah, that's no shit. I mean, he's he's been um, he's been used uh, in the red zone. He's been used pretty extensively elsewhere. Um, and I just think that even with Doyle back, they're obviously going to be using him because he's a, he's a talented guy. Ryan Fitzpatrick completed 29 of 41 passes for 406 yards, no touchdowns, and no intercept, uh, two interceptions in the Bucs' 16-3 Week 10 loss to the Redskins. Shit, no. Uh, Fitzmagic should not be throwing zero touchdowns. Now he's going to get himself benched by Cutter because Cutter's a dunce, and it, it's just going to be a, a carousel for the rest of the year. What do you make of the eight targets that went to Jaquiz Rogers? Is that something you think that uh, we'll, we'll see more of? Um. 
I mean, I think I think it's interesting just from the standpoint of obviously the the game wasn't like out of hand where they're just trying to play catch up. It, it was six three for quite a while. Um, but it's, you know, Rodgers is one of Cutter's guys and he's going to continue to be on the field. Um, so I, I think he's he's worth like a, a look if you're pretty, uh, pretty running back desperate in a PPR league. Leonard Fournette rushed 24 times for 53 yards and a touchdown and hauled in all five of his targets for 56 yards and another score in the Jaguars' Week 10 loss to the Colts. Yeah, it's a it's a no shit for the the volume, right? Like we we knew they were going to want to get back to establishing the run and getting back to their like quote unquote identity. Um, it's it's encouraging if you're an owner of his that. He saw those five targets and turned it into something. Uh, scored a couple of touchdowns, um, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's what we would it's what we should have been expecting from him in his return. Tariq Cohen tallied 15 yards and a touchdown on seven carries, and he snagged six of seven targets for an additional 29 yards in the Bears' Week 10 win over Detroit. Yeah, I mean that's that's another one that's sort of in between for me. Like I, I you would think that he would uh, be more used. In, uh, you know, when they're behind, um, obviously they got out pretty early on Detroit and never really looked back. Um, so I, I guess it's a I guess it's a shit. No, then. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is interesting, I think, to me, because it's at least the second time we've seen them use Cohen heavily in games that they really won easily, like uh, against Tampa Bay. He was also featured pretty heavily. Uh, but then on the other hand, you know, Howard. Howard was uh, the the guy last week, so it's uh, maybe not always based on the outcome of the game when uh, how the game plan works out. It's maybe more kind of matchup specific, which is going to be frustrating, I guess, for fantasy owners because you have to kind of get inside of Matt Nagy's head. But yeah, I don't know. I'm uh, excited to see Cohen, you know, do this obviously, and excited that he's getting work in all sort of game scripts, but. Uh, it's just uh, a little weird that they have him featured one week and then not the next. Is that kind of what you think we'll see from him going forward? Yeah, I think it's, uh, I think that's a good thing for them as well. Like just from an NFL standpoint, like I think it's, it's pretty impressive, uh, from a planning standpoint that they're going to, um, you know, really change the game plan and stick with it regardless of how the game script goes. I think that'll, really confuse uh, some D coordinators. So I think that's something that you want to see. And hopefully they just continue to give him, uh, give him the work regardless of if it's on the ground or through the air. Yeah. I just want to add, this actually feels like uh, a little bit more like they're playing the offense a little bit as well. Like today, Detroit, you know, although they were in comeback mode and they trailed for most of the game, like they were pretty capable of putting up points, much like Tampa Bay. Whereas when you look at, you know, their previous two opponents and the Bills and the Jets, those two offenses are simply non-functional. So why risk injury going, right? <laughs> so, so so it kind of feels like, uh, you know, they want to keep their foot on the gas. Uh, the one thing this game did solidify, though, is Jordan Howard is very, very touchdown dependent. And in a sense, you know, most this is fantasy football. Everyone is touchdown dependent. His stat line today was uh, abysmal. Like you would, you 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 would have been better off simply, even in standard leagues, not starting him. Nick Chubb rushed twenty times for one hundred seventy-six yards and a touchdown in the Browns' Week Ten win over the Falcons, adding three receptions for thirty-three additional yards and a second score. 
Yeah, it's it's a no shit to the volume. I think we were all expecting him to get somewhere in the range of like 25 opportunities. Um, but it's a shit no to, you know, like a whatever it was, 92 yard touchdown rush and and the rest of it like he's not going to see that efficiency obviously all the time but the volume is definitely going to be there uh i want to ask about the browns kind of in general uh who came out and basically you know demolished the falcons is this kind of the new the new browns we should expect under freddie kitchens i mean the falcons have obviously been giving up points to a lot of teams but uh they've been you know the browns have looked a lot better the last two weeks so uh do you expect more of this? Um, to a certain extent, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how. I don't know how this game plan translates to like functioning defenses. Like Baker Mayfield had what three incompletions today. Like he had been. Um, uh, you know, I'm a Baker guy, but he had been pretty inefficient in spurts. Um, so I don't know. I, I would hope that we, that we see this because they're, they're a fun team to watch just from the weapons that they have. Um, but it'll definitely be interesting moving forward to see like, you know, next week, like, are they going to just have like a complete dud and a letdown spot or are they going to build some momentum for once? Tevin Coleman rushed 11 times for 44 yards in the Falcons' week 10 loss to the Browns. He also added three receptions for 19 additional yards. Yeah, I, it's it's a no shit. He, it's one of the more frustrating things. I mean, obviously this game didn't go the way that they had planned, but just sort of from like a, a zero RB perspective and being like, all right, I'll get, I'll grab Tevin everywhere, and then just seeing like Edo Smith vulture touchdowns and everything else that's gone on um, with that backfield. Um, I, I guess I'm I'm just I'm not surprised. Tyler Boyd caught three of four targets for 65 yards in Sunday's Week 10 loss to the Saints. Yeah, I mean, I think that was surprising for some people. I, I, it's a no shift for me. I didn't play him anywhere. Um, I think he's, you know, I think he's a complimentary piece. I don't know that he's the guy that is just going to be able to uh, to dominate a game when AJ Green is not there, which he wasn't today. So uh, yeah, it's a, it's a no shift. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on this one. Uh, I'm actually a pretty big uh, Tyler Boyd fan. I wrote about him uh, last year as a guy who everyone should be stashing. So I've been holding on through the, the you know the bad times as well. So this is I agree with you. I think uh, a, like I I don't think people appreciate AJ Green. Like he truly is one of those alpha X receivers, and he's like you know consistently at the top of his game. Boyd is that perfect complimentary like flanker that you want in an NFL team, and they really run a pretty a very nice offense when both of them are on the field together. It's just I I don't know if you can like turn to Boyd to single handedly carry your own offense, and it showed today. And I guess I'm the odd man out here because I was really expecting Boyd to smash, and uh, <laughs> you know that explains I guess why I lost so much money today. <laughs> LeSean McCoy rushed 26 times for 113 yards and two touchdowns. He also caught his lone target for five yards in the Bills' Week 10 win over the Jets. I mean, how do, how do you even, like, shit now. How do you make sense of anything that happened in that game? Like, he, this is the worst offense we've ever seen. Matt Barkley comes in, and all of a sudden, it's like a, it's a functioning offense that can go on the road and not that the Jets are are some like juggernaut, but just really, really take it to the Jets. Um, yeah, I shit now. I don't understand how any of that happened. 
Especially because the Jets' defense was very good. Right. <laughs> I mean, I think we saw this uh, when Barkley was a backup in Chicago, either last year or a couple of years ago, right? He came in and I want to say he threw like a four or five touchdown game. That can't be right. But <laughs> but uh, I have some recollection of him having like an amazing, maybe even a, several games, like an amazing stretch of games. And I think he was also throwing a lot of picks during that time, but he was at least, you know, putting up points. So, um, you know, I was all over the Jets D in uh, most of a lot of my lineups today. And after Barkley was in, I kind of tried to back off a little bit, but not nearly enough. Yeah, I, I tried to call my shot. I was hoping that he would end up being in the Millie Maker uh, lineup, if you saw that tweet from yeah. uh, from last night. So I, I just missed. But he was actually like, you know, 230 and two touchdowns for a, a, free, a free quarterback is not too shabby. All right, really quick. Who is Robert Foster? <laughs> the, he's the air yard, air yard god. He's yeah. been getting so, like three targets and like 140 air yards, like pretty consistent. Like it's just ridiculous. It, it's the weirdest thing. Like I, I wrote about him a couple times in, in the DFS article and he just never like catches anything, I guess, until now. <laughs> Yeah, like this is wild. Apparently, he's from Monaco, which is like uh, an expert or whatever of Pittsburgh. So that's actually kind of cool. I didn't even know he existed. I mean, I mean, I knew him from your articles. I didn't expect him to do this. Uh, he caught three of his four targets for 105 yards. Yeah. Zay Jones went off. My good, like, this offense is just terrible. I can't, I don't understand this. It's that's what the Jets do for you, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Tyreek Hill caught seven of ten targets for 117 yards and two touchdowns in Week 10 against the Cardinals. Yeah, it's it's a no shit. I mean, I if if you've ever followed anything that I've been doing over the last few years, you would know that I am I was a an extremely anti Hill guy, um, just because I never thought he would see this type of volume. But you get a guy with this type of volume, like he's had one game under ninety air yards this year. Like he's a stud. Like he's he's just so good. He's gonna keep doing this every week. Larry Fitzgerald got six of ten targets for fifty yards in Week Ten in Arizona's Week Ten loss to Kansas City. Yeah, no shit. I mean, Leftwich came out and said he wanted to get DJ involved, and he wanted to get Fitz involved. Um, the ten targets. I don't know that he's going to see ten or more every single week, but they're definitely making an effort to uh, to get him the ball, and they're going to be in game scripts where they have to continue to throw most of the time. Do you think? that this means that uh, Christian Kirk is not going to be a viable option the rest of the season? Yeah, I mean, I, I think he, if you watch any of their games, I think that he's obviously flashed, um, but he definitely has a little bit of growing up to do. Um, he did see six targets today, so that's encouraging, but, you know, he caught two of them for eight yards, so that's not as encouraging. <laughs> Aaron Jones handled 15 carries for 145 yards and two touchdowns, tacking on three catches for 27 yards in the Packers' Week 10 victory over the Dolphins. Yeah, no shit. Like, this is this is what they should be doing. Like, he is clearly uh, the most dynamic guy that they have back there. He should be fed. He won my friend a million bucks today. Um, so he's, uh, he's in my good graces right now. Frank Gore rushed 13 times for 90 yards, and he added two catches for 12 yards in the Dolphins' Week 10 loss to the Packers. Yeah, no shit. I'm I'm going to be watching him getting 100 yards from scrimmage when I'm, like, in a rocking chair in a nursing home somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Rashad Penny rushed 12 times for 108 yards and a touchdown in the Seahawks' Week 10 loss to the Rams. Yeah, no shit. I mean, Pete Carroll just does whatever he feels like doing, so why not? Um, why not just bring him back? And uh, 108 yards is not something that's going to keep happening, but, I, like, he's... It's so frustrating. We were talking about it before, like, just watching the Seahawks just run into brick walls constantly. Um, they're going to have games like this. He's going to break off runs, and it's going to keep happening. Is this performance enough to kind of get him into sort of the lead back conversation here? I mean, you know, obviously running the ball so much is not optimal, but when they do, you'd like it to be someone who you can uh, count on for some fantasy production. Yeah, I mean... You would hope that it would be he would see like uh, a bigger share of the carries. He he out carried uh, Davis by only one today. Um, and assuming that Carson ends up coming back and being like somewhat of a factor, I think that it's it's probably just a situation that I'll be avoiding. Yeah, the one thing kind of uh, left missing here is that like Benny averaged about nine yards a carry. And Mike Davis averaged 5.3 yards a carry. And then there was Russell Wilson, um, who we'll get to in a little bit. But he averaged uh, 10.2 yards per carry. Uh, it's clear that the Seahawks are pretty in, you know, intent on using a committee approach. So what this does is it's pretty interesting because that means that Benny should no longer be on waiver wires. Uh, as far as, you know, a consensus lead back going forward, I don't know. Um, it kind of depends on Carson's status because this team is pretty well, uh, you know, they're pretty entrenched in him being their lead. So it's going to be interesting to see what goes on there. Worth, uh, worth following. Doug Martin rushed uh, 15 times for 61 yards and he hauled in all three of his targets for 31 yards in the Raiders' week 10 loss to the Chargers. Yeah. I don't know. Again, like this is, I guess it's a no shit. Like we know they're, they're going to use him. Um, Richard only saw, I don't, I don't have the snap numbers in front of me, but he, he saw six targets, but uh, you know, Martin was used in the past game. He's going to, they're going to run with him. Um, they're just never going to be in a game where I would think that they have the opportunity to run that much. So uh, it, it's not some, he's not somebody that I'm interested in. Russell Wilson completed 17 of 26 passes for 176 yards and three touchdowns in the Seahawks' 36-31 Week 10 loss to the Rams, adding nine carries for 92 additional yards. Yeah, this is no shit. Like we we know that Russell Wilson doesn't need to throw a ton of passes to get a bunch of touchdowns. Like it, it's it's bordering on insane. Like his completion number of completions to touchdowns it's like it seems like every four or five <laughs> times he completes a pass he ends up with the touchdown but it was definitely encouraging to see him uh get out of the pocket and run around a little bit today um so hopefully that's something that we can bank on moving forward sure watching football is fun but it's more entertaining when you have some action on the game uh guys you've heard me talking about this for weeks uh, some of you are still on the sidelines whether you're an expert or a rookie you should be betting at my bookie if you're the kind of uh, person that likes to bet a little you win a lot at like playing the numbers and roulette uh, you can create a big parlay pick three teams to win and if you hit all three you could turn a hundred dollars into six hundred dollars there's so much to bet on college basketball football nba nhl custom player props even esports you name it uh, my bookie is the one bet I know you'll be happy with all year. Sign up this week, and my bookie will give you a 50% deposit bonus to jumpstart your bankroll. 
it's a great way to bank even more money when you win. I recommend these guys uh, because I really trust them. My bookie's been in business for years. They've got great online reviews, and their mobile site is very easy to use. Uh, also, make sure to follow at BetMyBookie on Twitter or on Instagram. They respond to every mention in DM. Uh, they've also given away nearly $10,000 in free money to their followers. Uh, you'll be the first to know as soon as as new odds and props are posted uh, so you log into my bookie right now don't miss out and uh, use promo promo code rotavist and you get your first deposit matched uh, that's a uh, promo code rotavist you play you win uh, you get paid all right news item number three mitchell trubisky completed 23 of 30 passes for 355 yards and three touchdowns trubisky also rushed three times for 18 yards and a touchdown in the bears week 10 win over the lions so, Matt, the Bears' offense was on fire today. Allen Robinson had his first multi-touchdown game since 2016, and Anthony Miller also had a breakout performance. Uh, what are your expectations for the Bears' offense for the rest of the season, and do you think this team can win the NFC North? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it, they're, they've had you know these spike performances. It looks like their offense is starting to click. Um I mean, anytime, like, you have Cohen in the backfield, who obviously we like, super explosive guy, that you have to worry about Allen Robinson, if he's healthy now, like, fully back. You have Anthony Miller, who showed up today. You have Taylor Gabriel, who didn't do anything today, but is always a threat to break out, break off a long play. And then you have Trey Burton, too. Like, there's there's so many options there. They're very hard to defend, and they obviously have, uh, have a solid defense with Khalil Mack sort of leading the way there. So it would not shock me at all if they won the NFC North. Uh, I got a question. What are your thoughts on like the receivers here going forward? Like like A-Rob smashed, Anthony Miller smashed. We're still waiting on uh, Trey Burton. It looks like Trubisky might be the real deal. Like he's capable of supporting all these guys. So, uh, you know, how do we know when to pick our spots and when to start these guys? I mean, I I think that, I think we're getting to a point where maybe it's just like an, an every week proposition. Like we know the, the, the offense is one that obviously works. Like we know where, where Nagy came from. Um, so I, I would be, I would be hard pressed to just be like, no, I'm not going to play any bears. Like the, the, the onslaught of bears won the millionaire maker today. And, um, I think that that's probably this at least the second time, maybe the third time that Trubisky has been in the Millionaire Maker winning lineup. So um, I think this is something that we can sort of bank on, and you just mix and match if you're playing DFS, or you just start your start your Bears if you're talking about season long. So you think this Anthony Miller breakout is for real? Like he's going to be a solid option going forward? Yeah, I mean, he he saw the six targets and the way that they use him, you if he's going to catch if he's going to see six targets every week moving forward, um I I would be shocked if he wasn't performing down the stretch. Yeah, I I like Miller quite a bit. Cooper Cup was forced to leave the game against Seattle with a non-contact left knee injury when asked about Cooper Cup's uh Injury after the Rams' win over the Seahawks, Sean McVay said it doesn't look good. Matt, it sounds like uh, Cup might have suffered a season-ending uh, knee injury, which is an unfortunate development because he just returned from an MCL, uh, you know, a couple of games off for an MCL uh, injury. Uh, which Rams players do you think uh, will see an increase in their target share, uh, assuming Cup is out for the season? 
I mean, I'm not sure that anybody who we would already have been focusing on is going to see like some some huge difference in their role. Um, I I would assume that Robert Woods maybe sees uh, a little bit more work in the red zone, perhaps. Um, But I don't think that this opens up like a ton of targets for Cooks or Woods. I think it just turns into um, maybe we get like. I don't know, 65% or 50% of uh, of Cup's role going to Reynolds and the rest sort of just be- being spread out very, very uh, thinly elsewhere. Yeah, I, uh, I think that's probably right. I own Gerald Everett on way too many Dynasty teams, and so <laughs> I was happy to see his touchdown today. Um, uh, any chance they try to work him in more? I mean, he only saw two targets. Higby had three targets, actually, and also scored a touchdown, so it's not exactly clear. But, I mean, Everett has looked really good when they've used him. I'm still waiting for him to kind of uh, break out. Any chance this opens up opportunity for him? I mean, that would definitely make sense just from a you know a, a red zone usage perspective. Like, if they just want to swap out the way that they were using, uh, the way that they were targeting Cup, uh, once they get you know on the into the scoring zone and throw Everett in there, I think that would make sense. Um, I, I don't know that they necessarily have the um, like have the uh, I don't even know the word for it. Like that, I don't know that they're actually going to end up doing that. Um, like I said, I think it probably spreads out. But uh, but Everett definitely um, could fill that role if they if they choose to use him. And we know, obviously, McVeigh can can figure out a way to get just about anybody open. So, yeah, I mean, the one thing I was wondering is, do you think they actually start using Gurley a little bit more than they currently have been? I mean, he 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 doesn't for someone who is as productive as he is, he doesn't see the kind of targets that you think he would. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. I mean, he what he he only saw. I say only. He only saw twenty opportunities today, um, and that was you know that was a close game. You would think that maybe they would use him a little bit more in the passing game. Only had four targets. Um, yeah, I mean, I it's one of those things where I think Sean McVay is probably maybe like six or seven times smarter than I am when it comes to football, at least. So I think he'll probably figure it out. Um, I I don't know that they want to use Gurley too, too much. I think they're getting to the point at nine and one that they probably just want to sort of like pump the brakes a little bit, use him to, to win the game, but not use him to the point where they're going to break him down. Um, Cause obviously their, their ambition is not for the regular season this year. Yeah, I agree. And especially now that the perfect record is, uh, you know, in the rear view, uh, I think yeah. that uh, there's a lot to think about. I mean, really, the the, the interesting thing here is uh, a lot of uh, Dynasty players were fans of John Kelly or even uh, preseason DFS players were fans of John Kelly. And he's been a healthy scratch uh, all year. It's been Malcolm Brown, the Malcolm Brown show. Uh, the one thing that uh, I think will be interesting to follow is coming out of the bye. If John Kelly is actually active and he starts seeing um, work, uh, because week 16, the uh, Rams will probably play a dead rubber against the uh, Arizona Cardinals. I don't know why you'd want to play Gurley out there when really if they clinch their bye, you know, Sean McVay has shown no scruples about sitting all of his players. 
So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. And, and my theory, my working theory is that if John Kelly is active uh, following the week 12 bye, that means that they're probably getting ready to really uh, put Gurley a little bit, uh, reduce his workload to where he's still getting game action, but not going to be the kind of guy who's like uh, seeing 25 to 30 carries a game. And uh, like you said, they won't, they won't they'll use him to win the game, but they won't use him to just continuously uh, play through the games. And it'll be interesting to see how that works out. Yeah, for sure. I think the the worst thing that could have happened to you as uh, an owner of Gurley in season long was them losing that game last week. <laughs> the best thing that could happen to you is probably the matchup coming up next week against Kansas City. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, not on the main slate, but we'll of course uh, not. Why, why would we? Slate. Why would we have a nice a nice game on the main slate? <laughs> oh my God! I'm gonna season goes. I'm gonna be playing so much on that showdown slate. <laughs> I won't even be tilt-entering it. I'm just going to be entering it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that'll do it for this edition of the Fantasy Football Report. Special thanks to our guest, Matt Jones. Be sure to follow him on Twitter, at MattJonesTFR. Please remember to rate and review the Road of His Radio channel on iTunes and subscribe to our Patreon. For Hassan Rahim, I'm Blair Andrews. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Football Report. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio Podcast channel on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Contact us via email rotovizradio at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at rotovizradio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 30% discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com slash podcast. Johnny got a toy golf set when he was three, and from that day on, he was hooked. All he wanted to do was golf, golf, golf. He'd be on the links before school, after school. All he ever wanted was to go pro. And then, one day, when he was holding his grandson and thinking about his 12 handicap, Johnny realized it just might not happen for him. But you know what did happen for him? He switched to Geico and saved a bunch of money on car insurance. So that was good, and so was hanging out with his grandson. They call you the grill master. You've seared the thickest porterhouse in the butcher shop. And as you lift that first forkful to your mouth, you savor the moment. To get amazing offers during the Mercedes-Benz summer event, like the 2019 C-Class sedan and GLC SUV, the perfect recipes of driving performance. Plus, you can enjoy six months of Sirius XM All Access included. The Mercedes-Benz summer event, now serving limited-time offers on a select lineup of vehicles. Offers end September 3rd. Mercedes-Benz, the best or nothing. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.